How do we connect with ourselves and heal the world? The shift from apathy to activism is available to all of us when we reflect on the underlying structures that support injustice and release the courage to change them. In this moment in time, we're experiencing a collective global emergency in the form of a pandemic. An emergency that requires us to shift our ways of life. Although this global shift is an external response to a threat, it is possible to use this moment in time as an opportunity for internal shifts. These internal shifts are the essential building blocks for social change in our communities. I'm Grace Williams. You're listening to the Citizen Power Podcast. Episode 1. All over the world, governments are spending billions of dollars to keep the economy functioning. In times of great shocks to markets, like the 2008 global financial crisis, our governments rise to action doing all they can to keep our economic systems in a state of balance. Market failure is possibly one of the greatest motivators of government action, reforms, radical change, and dare I say, generosity. When markets fail, governments move quickly in order to realign the economy and people back to the desired trajectory of growth. But why is that the case for just markets? and not social hills and human rights challenges like poor literacy due to lack of education or even access to affordable healthcare. Is it because they can't act? Or is it because they won't act as quickly and effectively because the ideology that supports our modern government is one that prioritizes markets over people? Neoliberalism is an ideology and system in which the logic of the market governs all aspects of society. It is a way of thinking about and seeing the world that is so ingrained that it is rarely questioned in our daily lives. This way of thinking is characterised by commodification, profit maximisation and individualism. We are all complicit in maintaining it due to the support and leadership from our governments. Neoliberal ideology first connects with us on an individual level. It is all about individual freedom and responsibility. Freedom is seen as the highest social good, and your position in society is seen as your responsibility, determined by your own actions rather than social forces and structures. So, If I grew up in a low-income family with limited access to education and positive social networks, and later in my adult life didn't have the ability to read or write, that would be my responsibility and my individual failure as a person. Governments uphold this individual freedom and responsibility by weakening their role in solving social issues and human rights challenges. This is done by reducing the role they play in providing welfare, education and good healthcare systems. Instead of protecting citizens, governments strengthen the economy by privatising government-owned services like telecommunications and electricity so that they are run by private businesses for profit. Individualism and freedom are the cornerstones of neoliberal ideology. But freedom 
at what cost and who pays. In a neoliberal system, all things are turned into a commodity which can be bought or sold on markets. This includes ourselves as labour and things once thought of as public goods or human rights, such as water. Every decision is considered in terms of maximising profit, efficiency and usefulness, with a focus on quantifiable and measurable forms of value which replace other forms of value. Neoliberalism isn't solely about markets. We reflect these ideas on an individual level too, learning them through the institutions we operate within and then reproducing them. We focus on getting good grades in an essay rather than learning for its own sake. Socialising becomes networking, increasing our connections to help us in our careers rather than for the joy of creating new connections with people. All of our richness, complexity and beauty as human beings is strained into a little bottle of quantifiable measures and indicators. But is there more to our lives than numbers and markets? We are currently experiencing a global crisis that has forced us to retreat inwards. In the midst of this pandemic, we are told to stay at home and be with ourselves. In the pursuit of maximising profit, we often lose ourselves in the routines of eight-hour workdays and pre-scheduled meetings with no time to reflect on the systems and ideology that govern our lives. While in those routines, we never have time to ask this question. Who am I when I am not working? And what do I want the world to look like? In this time of social isolation, we have a moment to answer this question. If you didn't have to work to survive, what would you do? If you had the time, how would you help address the human rights challenges in your local community? And by doing that, change the world. Amacho Sen received a Nobel Prize in 1998 for his contribution to welfare economics. Welfare economics evaluates economic policies in terms of their effects on the well-being of communities. Amacho Sen addresses inequality through moral frameworks and social relationships because our social relationships facilitate our economic engagement with the world. Which means, who I am, determines what I'm entitled to. With this framework, inequality, poverty and famine aren't just about market failures, natural disasters and crop failures. They are faults of our moral economy, which is always making decisions about who gets what by regulating our competing demands upon the world's scarce resources. Even though we think poverty and famine is created externally, and due to market failures or crop failures, this is only a small part of the story. When we think we can solve these social problems and human rights challenges through subsidies or increasing production or distribution of goods and services, we will always fall short of the answer and the change we seek. For it is our relationship with each other that needs fixing, not supply and demand. 
We will have enough to go around when we fix these harmful relationships between different members of our economy. We must erase the mental line between our moral lives and our material concerns because they have always been connected. In his book Development as Freedom, Amacha Sen says that human development requires a set of linked freedoms. These freedoms are political freedoms and transparency in relationships between people, freedom of opportunity, including freedom to access credit and economic protection from abject poverty, including through income supplements and unemployment relief. Poverty is a lack of at least one of these freedoms. In our neoliberal system as individuals, we have freedom from government interference to engage in the market and maximize as much profit as possible. Our freedom in this system is very narrow and false for many people who don't have equal access to the world's scarce resources. Neoliberal freedom does not take into account a lack of political rights and choices, some people's vulnerability to coercive relationships and the inherent exclusions from economic choice and protections faced by many people. Healing our world will involve taking up a more inclusive approach to freedom and integrating people and their social relationships at the centre of the economy. So how do we do that? How do we connect with ourselves and heal the world? Our first challenge is to overcome apathy. Join me next week for a breakdown on why apathy is the most destructive force in our society and what we can do to shift it. <laughs>